What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Points and Doinks. No Travis today, so I, I, is it just points and? Is it just points doinks? What part of the name is Travis is the real question. I don't know. Well, usually Travis does host it, but unfortunately he will not be with us today. So it's just going to be me and the, the other Gunderson, the friend part of yes. the frenemies, Tyler Gunderson. <laughs> Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Cheese. I'm doing fantastic. How, how about yourself? You know, I'm doing all right. Hopefully everyone had a lovely Labor Day. We had our draft yesterday on Labor Day, so we will go over that draft. But first, we have some news to talk about. Of course, right after we're done recording, we had some big news with Leonard Fournette. He got released, but then right after you guys did your podcast over at Trapdoor to Hell, he yep. signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Tyler, what is your outlook on Leonard Fournette signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Is he draftable what do you think he's going to be uh i'm not i'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole maybe if you're in like a deep 16 person league and you you're really scrapping at uh scraps there if you're really trying to grab scraps at the end of the uh draft that's that's the very very least i'd grab him or the at the very most that i'd grab him but no, I just I don't like the I don't like the backfield over there in Tampa Bay. I I feel like they're going to be a more uh, heavy passing offense, and I just Leonard Fournette, a great talent, just too many too many guys in that backfield. Yeah, it's just a question mark. I know people are going to draft him. People drafted him thinking he was going to be on the on the Jaguars. That did not happen. I have uh, Ronald Jones on my team, and Bruce Arians continues to say that he is the guy. He is the guy. I'm not starting him right now. It's more of a wait-and-see attitude to see how that backfield plays out. I think if Leonard – I would assume Leonard Fournette will be drafted in your league. So, I mean, maybe take him very, very late as like a flyer, but don't really count on him right now to do anything. I think it's definitely something you got to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. And I I like Ronald Jones. I like Ronald Jones last year as well. Uh, I just take what Bruce Arian says with a grain of salt because last year he was so wishy-washy, flip-floppy with him and Peyton Barber. And then he would say, oh, Ronald Jones is for sure your starter. And then Peyton, Bar- Peyton Barber would come in and ru- and get a majority of the touches. So he, it just worries me. It worries me. But I, I, th- I do like Ronald Jones a lot more than I'd like Leonard Fournette. And then now another running back has been signed a veteran running back maybe one of the greatest running backs of all time adrian peterson he was released from the washington football team and he finds a landing spot in detroit with the lions now the lions backfield was already kind of crowded to begin with there's no there's no real standout and now you add adrian peterson to the list and it's just like right now i'm not touching anybody because it's just you know obviously adrian peterson might not do anything this week but i think later on down the line he's gonna take up a lot of touches from that backfield yeah, that's a, that's another backfield like I was just touching on with Tampa Bay, where there's just way too many guys to uh, to want to want to even worry about what's going on there. Um, but I know they have some injuries too. I'm trying to I'm trying to find them. Hold on, here's Detroit. Let's see. Yeah, I know. Carry on Johnson's a little banged up. Bo Scarborough's on IR. Uh, and DeAndre Swift is also questionable going into week one. So it seems like right now the only real 100% healthy guy is Adrian Peterson. But at the same time, I just don't – I don't like – that's another team where I see is going to be very pass-heavy. 
especially with Matthew Stafford being back and having Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson. I think they're just the, they're, they're not going to be in a position where they need to pound the ball into the ground. Yeah, I think out of all those guys, I'd probably pick Swift, but I think carry on Johnson. He's been there. I think he is eligible to get a lot of touches. Maybe week one, if you play uh, daily fantasy, maybe you can scoop him up, but Adrian Peterson, I mean, all, all three of those guys don't think they're going to be one of your two starting running backs. No. But it, it's very similar to the Buccaneers back forward. It's kind of a wait and see attitude, but then sometimes there's people out there who see AP and they're like, oh, I know him. I'll scoop him up. And it, he's not valuable right now, but he could be valuable later on in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we had our draft this past Labor Day. And I was hoping Travis would join us today because all three of us were picking one after God, what, another. What a, what a fucking situation we got put in, huh? That was ridiculous. Yes, you know, we do a podcast about fantasy football, and yet we all were back to back to back to where we were just cutting each other off. I knew what Tyler was going to do. I had a feeling what <laughs> Travis was going to do. So it was just a whole clusterfuck. But I'm very happy with the way my team turned out. Tyler, how, how, do you, how are you feeling coming after the draft? I was, I was a little worried during the draft. I was, I mean, I, it, as I've talked about on this show, I'm big running back heavy. We got to go running back heavy. That's the way to win fantasy football. And my first pick, I grab a wide receiver. <laughs> and it just threw me for a loop from there. So we will go over all the picks in the first two rounds. And then after that, we're just going to kind of bounce off of our picks and what we were thinking of. So with the number one overall pick, Dominic. Chili Bull Hobson. Yep, yep. Dominic Hobson, my co-host over there, Curveballs and Chair Shots. He goes out on a limb and picks Christian McCaffrey, number one overall. Obviously, no shocker there. Then Saquon Barkley, number two. And then we get one of the big shockers early on in the round. We get Derrick Henry going three overall. Ezekiel Which, Elliott. I, w- I, wasn't surpri- I wasn't as surprised knowing, because uh, that, that is Johnny Roca. Shout out Johnny Roca. If anybody who listens to Trapdoor to Hell, you know him. We talk about him all the time. Big contributor. Uh, he's a big Tennessee guy. He's a big Derrick Henry fan. So I, I kind of seen it coming a little bit. Ezekiel Elliott, four, Josh Jacobs, five. This is a Raider-heavy fantasy football league. So I had a feeling Josh Jacobs was going to go early. Didn't think he was going to go that early. So for me, Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs were kind of those early, I guess you could say surprises, but it's kind of happens a lot in fantasy football where people have their favorites and they're going to go out of their way to grab those guys. Yeah, I thought for sure Jacobs was going to fall to me. I had the eighth pick and Jacobs going with the fifth pick. I was like, damn, he went just a little bit too high. Because of, like you said, a very Raider fan heavy, uh, Raider heavy draft. And then the sixth pick, Travis has the sixth pick. He takes Clyde Edwards Elay, the rookie running back out of Kansas City. Obviously, a lot of hype surrounding him. I was looking towards him, but Travis picked him up. I yeah. mean, he knew we liked him. He knew what he was doing. I know CEH is kind of that, that hipster pick, but it definitely can pan out in the long term. And at seven, I was super shocked that this guy <laughs> fell all the way down to me at seven. I was looking at CEH. I was like, okay, you know, I got CEH and Dalvin Cook. I'm perfectly fine with either one of those guys. So I get Dalvin Cook and then Tyler right behind me. He's in a little conundrum. I assume you're bouncing back between the two New Orleans players, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. You ended up going with the wide receiver, even though, as you said, you like to go running back one, two. Yeah, I like going running back in my first two picks, but just the uncertainty as to if Kamara is actually going to get traded. And we still have that uncertainty now. There, there's talks that he's going to get a contract extension, but I just feel like Michael Thomas was the better, more secure pick there. 
and then the other running backs behind him are, are as, as you're going to get into here, Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake. And I was just like, it's looking a little fishy here. It was looking too fishy. And then Alvin Kamara goes right after Michael Thomas. And then Patrick Mahomes goes all the way to number 10. But in this league, quarterbacks are very valuable. They, are yes. the, they will score you the most points. So definitely it is a no shock that both Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson win in the first two rounds. Then, as you said, Miles Sanders, then Kenyon Drake. Then flipping over to the second round, we get three running backs. I was d- looking for these three guys. Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones all go back to back to back. And then Lamar Jackson goes. And then Trav- or Tyler who keeps talking all this shit. Joe Mixon <laughs> looked around and was like, well, you know what? There's nobody else better. I might as well pick Joe Mixon, Tyler. I have, I have this love-hate relationship with Joe Mixon because it happens. It's like me and Joe, Joe Mixon are in a, um, in a serious domestic violence uh, situation here just because I think I could change him every year. I think every year I'll – I'm going to pick him up this year. This, this will be it. I'll turn him around. He'll know he's on my team, and he's going to really do some damage this year. And then I feel like I'm just going to get disappointed again. So, I mean, not the happiest with the pick, but I knew that running backs are going to start getting even more scarce. And if I were to go wide receiver, wide receiver, I'd really be hating my life with, with the amount of running backs I would have had to pick from. So in the debut episode, I know I was the one who said, you know, take the best available player. But in this draft, I was looking to try to go running back, running back. And those first three guys in the second round, I was fairly – I was looking to get one of those guys, either Chubb, Eckler, or yeah. Jones. Yeah. All of those guys get taken off the board. And so then I look around, and as you said, I mean, there's not that many good running backs that I feel as though we're at a value in that middle second round. So then I get to Alvin Cook. I was lucky to get him that early. And so I was like, I'm not in love with some of these uh, wide receivers because it's so deep. I can get some better guy or some better values later. So I was like, you know what? That's exactly what I was saying. Travis Kelsey, I can lock in two spots. I know I don't have to worry about with Dalvin Cook and Travis Kelsey. Pending injuries, yes, Kelsey does have a knee issue going into week one, but I think he will be fine. So I was very happy to get Travis Kelsey two years in a row, scooping him up, I believe, in the second round in this draft. And then Travis also going with a Kansas City Chiefs player with Tyreek Hill. And then – Finishing off the second round, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris, Chris Godwin, Devonta Adams, Cooper Cup, a lot of <laughs> running backs. And, yes, that last pick, Cooper Cup, was Dominic. We don't want to bury Dominic too much. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not the most experienced fantasy football player, but I do feel as though Cooper Cup that's, that's a stretch. that early, very, very early on, because even if I can just look around and see what the other wide receivers are, I mean, Odell Beckham, Nuke, who's Nuke, in the news. Nuke went after him. Uh, Adam Thielen went after him. Hell, even George Kittle. You could have got George Kittle. Could have got George Kittle, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, uh, OBJ, who, yeah, was in the news today. <laughs> and then he, uh, he, he turns around and then grabs Tom Brady in the first pick of the third round. Yes, you heard that. Tom Brady over Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, you know, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, who was the next quarterback to go? The, the next quarterback to go was Kyler Murray in the, in the middle of the fourth round. And I was very high on Kyler Murray, wishing I could possibly scoop him up, but that was not the case. So then we just are going to skim through our picks here. Uh, well, I, ju- I just wanted to touch before we start getting into this. It's also a struggle when you have, I think in the first four rounds of this draft, we had at least three players do an auto draft, which is a damn, is a damn shame. I, I understand, you know, it's tough to schedule around for everybody, but I mean, if you're going to make a commitment, 
show up there. And I know at least one of the guys did it because he won the league last year on auto draft, which is just. And he's looking pretty good this year with his. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking a. Just saying. Yeah. Alrighty then. So then we get uh, Travis going with Kareem Hunt. I go with David Johnson. I finally got that running back. I was looking for David Johnson. Obviously, people are kind of shitting on him a little bit. Bad choice of words. Shout out Odell Beckham. But <laughs> uh, David Johnson, I mean, early on in the year last year, he was a really good running back. And yes, he got injured and he kind of fell out of favor with the uh, Cardinals. But I feel as though he still has some value. And as I said, I feel as though the Texans are going to try to pit, you know, shoehorn him in there for to justify him getting, you know, traded by uh, Deshaun, not Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins. And it's like, yeah. okay, if, if we're going to give up this big of amount for him, we got to at least prove it. So he's going to, I think he's going to get a lot of touches and may, maybe not be efficient, but I think he'll stack up some points. Yeah. I was, I was high on David Johnson last year for sure. I drafted him at about two of the leagues I was in last year. And then just the, the injury and then the lack of productivity last year kind of kind of took me off of him. But I think he's in a good situation here in Houston to where he might actually, you know, he'll, he'll definitely do better than last year. I don't know if he'll live up to his, uh, you know, the, se- the season, I think it was two years before where he was a fantasy MVP for a lot of guys. But I could see productivity coming out of him. Yeah, and Chris Carson and Kareem Hunt went right in front of him. Travis picked up Kareem Hunt. I like Kareem Hunt more as a flex play, not exactly as an RB2. So I think if it came down to Hunt or Johnson, I was going to pick Johnson over Hunt just because I know he's going to be the, the number one guy and he's not going to be behind someone like Chubb. Wild move for Travis to go three, three former and current, former or current Kansas City Chief players in the first three rounds. And then Tyler picks up his wide receiver, DJ Moore out of Carolina. Yes. Tyler, what were you thinking picking him up? I mean, I like, I'm big, big, big on uh, Teddy Bridgewater this year. I like Carolina. I like the, uh, the way they can move the ball. And I think DJ Moore is going to be the best, best receiver coming out of that class. So, I mean, as, as a wide receiver too, I'm not, I'm not too upset with that. Uh, you know, the guys that go behind them, you got Kenny Galladay, who I, took a gamble on last year and his productivity just wasn't what I thought it was going to be, especially with Marvin Jones over there in Detroit, Allen Robinson, that quarterback situation is frightening. Uh, Amari Cooper. I have him in another league. He's, you know, the injury, the injury coming into week one is a little iffy and the injury proneness that he is. I just felt like DJ Moore was going to be the highest scoring out of all those guys. Yeah. I like the, I like the pick. I think, He'll uh, stack up some points. I do think Teddy Bridgewater will be very successful over at Carolina. No one picked up Teddy Bridgewater. I think he can be a, a good fantasy pickup for uh, some guys out there. If they Framer, um, if you need it. If no one took him. So then we go on to the fourth round. Tyler gets his second running back to pair up with his lovely Joe Mixon. Jonathan Taylor, rookie running back out of Indianapolis. A little worried about this pick. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think he will. he's – He's got the talent. It's whether or not he's going to actually get the workload. Because right now going into it, Frank Reich has come out and said, him and him and Marlon Mack are like 1A and 1A, basically. He's like, I'm just going to fucking right down the middle. You know, they're, they're both going to be out there. But I just feel like Jonathan Taylor, you give him a couple weeks, Marlon Mack's going to slow up a little bit. He breaks away with more touches week after week. But by, by, you know, 
week four, week five, you're looking at a, a solid running back, a, a solid RB1 that you got at an RB2 spot. So just kind of looking around, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, two, well, some big names you picked over. You know, any reason for why you didn't pick those guys? So, I, I, I mean, Melvin Gordon's in the same situation. So I had read, I think it was Sunday they came out. It was, either, it was either before the weekend on Friday or it was like Sunday they came out and uh, the head coach over in Denver came out and said he's splitting the time between Philip Lindsay and uh, Melvin Gordon. So I was like, I'm definitely not touching him. Todd Gurley, I'm just afraid he's going to be injury prone. And I just I, – I don't – like Devontae Freeman the last couple years hasn't put up the same numbers as – young Devonte Freeman did in that Atlanta offense. And I feel like Todd Gurley is just a proto, the same exact prototype. And he's going to give out the same input that Devonte Freeman has the last two years. Yeah. I think Taylor, he's going to stack up with carries and he, he might've get the touchdowns that maybe Gurley will get. Cause I think Gurley is very touchdown dependent. Uh, yeah. That was, a, that was a big, big deal too. But yeah, I think Taylor has a, a higher floor, maybe not as a high ceiling, but I think he's a, a very good dependable rb2 so then going on i picked up robert woods for my first wide receiver obviously not the sexiest pick but i felt as though i needed to grab a wide receiver there and i feel as though as i said the los angeles rams offense was very unlucky they had a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns and they just they couldn't get the job done so i'm thinking that this year will be at least a little bit better if not you know a lot better so i think robert woods is one of those guys who you can get out of value that you know maybe people don't think of him that well so but i think he technically he has the upside to be an art uh running back wide receiver one yeah i like i like both of your guys's picks here robert you getting robert woods and then travis getting tyler lockett uh robert woods is a fucking target machine jared goff loves him over there uh and i think he's going to be getting at least 10 to 12 targets a game so you're you're looking at hopefully seven to six reception six to seven receptions there uh, and I know that that LA offense is looking to kind of show that they mean business compared to last year where they fell off a little bit. And I think they're coming out with, with a attitude of, we want to fucking show you guys we're here. To, we're here to stay. We should be, we should be a feared team in the NFC West. All right. And then moving on to round five, Travis picks up that rookie running back out of Detroit DeAndre Swift, we already kind of talked about him that, I mean, he, he probably will be the number one guy over there, but it's just too big of a question mark to uh, really value him at a, fi- a fifth round, especially when he's, I mean, even Le'Veon Bell, I know I, I didn't like him all that much, but I feel as though he's, you know, maybe the team doesn't like him all that much, but I feel as though he'll still get more carries and he'll be much more a focal point than Swift, at least early on. Yeah, no, see that I was, I was, Questioning Travis's draft choice here with DeAndre Swift when we were actually drafting. And then I thought, well, we have these guys who are on auto draft and the best, the best looking players or the, be- the highest ranked players by ESPN standards are going to go because the guy's just getting auto drafted. And I think DeAndre Swift was up there. Like I would, I would, I would mind grabbing him in maybe the sixth, seventh round, but I know he's not going to be there. So it's a stretch. But if it works out, I think it's a, it's a, that's going to be a solid spot for DeAndre Swift if he pans out to be what he's expected to be. And then 
behind him. I picked up Terry McLaurin, scary Terry out there in Washington. We all kind of sang his praises, especially <laughs> me and Tyler. I needed to get that second wide receiver. I feel as though McLaurin and Robert Woods are definitely in the same boat to where they're going to pick up a lot of catches, maybe, you know, don't score a lot of touchdowns and, you know, put up those really big numbers. But I think both of them will be consistent and they'll have a very high floor to where, you know, they're not going to bottom out. And I have enough faith in Kelsey and Cook to carry the load. So hopefully these wide receivers can just be good enough to get me those wins. Yeah, and Scary Terry's going to get a lot of love over there in Washington. I mean, he's he's got the repertoire with, with Dwayne Haskins, the the familiarities there and I just think I think he's gonna be a uh he's gonna be a guy kinda like last year it was like Terry McLaurin, it was uh DJ Chark were the two breakout kind of rookies of last year, at least at the wide receiver position. And I think this is gonna be the year where they separate and DJ Chark's Chark's gonna have kind of an off year, whereas Scary Terry's gonna have that, you know, staple as a as a wide receiver two or even a low level wide receiver one i have no idea what you're talking about i think dj shark is gonna have a huge year yeah i i see that i see major major big bounce back year but you take Le'Veon bell your third running back so maybe trying to look to uh, scoop him up and you know maybe platoon him for an rb2 what are you thinking yeah so so i i like I, i said when i was talking about um jonathan taylor i was a little worried about how much of the workload he's going to get early in the season. And I figured I'll get a, a, a workhorse. I'll get Le'Veon Bell, who I know is going to get a lot of touches. I know he's that number one running back in New York. Uh, whether or not he's a good running back or he's not going to get a lot of touchdown. He's not pretty, but I know he'll go out there and he'll get at least 20 to 25 touches and probably about 80 to 90 yards. Now, if I did not pick up Terry McLaurin, Tyler, were you going to pick him up here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I had my eyes on him. I was like, oh, Scary Terry's falling a little far. Because I figured I'm already, I'm already looking real good at the wide receiver position. Why not, why not make it even better? Like, then I'd have a solid flex spot. Like, my, my wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and flex are set it and forget it type guys. Then I'm yeah. just kind of wishy-washy on the running back. Yeah, I mean, I was looking T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen – and I think even Jarvis Landry was a guy that I was looking at, but I just felt as though Terry McLaurin is a number one guy in that offense. And I feel as though, as you said, he's going to get a lot of love and I'm sorry, maybe, maybe trade for him. I don't know, Tyler, maybe uh, throw some my way. I'll give him to you. Uh, maybe, maybe we might have maybe. to see about that. B. But over in the sixth round, you, you pick up a guy I really liked was Michael Gallup. So there you go, Tyler, you did it to me. I yeah. scooped up Terry McLaurin. You scooped up Michael Gallup. I got DJ Chark, and then Travis gets Devontae Parker. So we all go wide receiver in the sixth round. As I said, I really like Michael Gallup. I think he's a good, quote-unquote, replacement for Mark Cooper. He's going to put up just as many points, but he won't be as highly drafted. Yeah, we talked about the offensive onslaught that we think that Dallas, Dallas is going to end up bringing onto this year, and you want those, you want those guys, Michael Gallup, like I, like I kind of talked about with uh, – Scary Terry, the familiarity over there in Dallas now for Michael Gallup, I think is going to help him out a lot. And even if Amari Cooper does end up missing some time, Michael Gallup slides up and he's that uh, wide receiver one guy uh, for the Cowboys. And so I go DJ Shark, and I feel as though the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to be very good. I think it's no. 
going to be very similar to maybe even the, the Washington football team to where they're going to be playing behind a lot. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And with Leonard Fournette out, who knows exactly what that running game will be like. The offensive line is terrible. So the, even if they do have a running back, I don't think they're going to be running it too much. So I think DJ Shark is the guy over there. And I think he's a solid flex option for me. And uh, I mean, I have a lot of good uh, wide receivers that I was able to get a little bit later. So as, as we told you, a lot of wide receiver depth in this draft that you guys can scoop up late and you have a lot of options for exactly. running back for, you know, wide receiver two or even a flex option. So then moving on to the seventh round, uh, Travis goes with the quarterback. I think this might be a little bit of a stretch, but he is a very heavy running quarterback, Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I love Josh Allen. I've most, most of the time, the last two years, Josh Allen has been a, uh, a free agent. He's been on the waiver wire, and I've always grabbed him just because the uh, he likes to punch the ball in himself, and the uh, rushing numbers are always there. He's, and now he's got a solid wide receiver one with uh, uh, Stephon Diggs. So I'm I'm not mad about that pick. I like who I grabbed, but we'll get to that in a second. That that's the question that you grab. We're just gonna skip over. I picked Marquise Brown. Yeah, you get Hollywood. Him. I got Hollywood Brown. I like what he does. I think he it, – uh, it all depends on what that Baltimore offense is going to be. Are they going to yeah. be able to pass the ball a little bit more? Can they stretch it out? I think if they do stretch it out, Marquise is that guy that they're going to be throwing to. So he's a guy that I'm keeping on my bench. I'm a little scared that what he, it's going to be just like Travis said on the guy he doesn't like that. The, year, the times I'm not starting him, he goes off. But when I do start him, he's not going to do anything for me. That's, that's always a fear of getting that timing right. But you pick up Matt Ryan, the Atlanta quarterback. I feel as though in this league, it doesn't really matter if you're a running quarterback or a passing quarterback because you get six points on a touchdown. You get bonuses for 300-yard games. So, I mean, honestly, I think Matt Ryan might be a little more valuable in this league with this scoring system than Josh Allen because you know he's going to put up a lot of points. He's going to get those extra bonuses with the big games. Yeah, I saw, I saw Matt Ryan sitting there, and my, my, I was fucking salivating. I was like, this league where – because, I mean – like you said, you're getting the bonuses for the for the 300-yard games, for the 400-yard games, whatever. I feel like Matt Ryan, that's just a that's that's a constant for him. With the weapons that he has, they're going to be throwing the ball a whole lot. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. That was another reason why I didn't want to grab Todd Gurley. I didn't see Atlanta running the ball very much, and so Matt Ryan, just I I, I couldn't believe that that he fell to me. And you also get a point per completion as well. So this is a yes, very heavy quarterback league. And so with Matt Ryan, I think he's, you know, he might be a little past his prime, but I think he's definitely going to fill up that statue. That's why I think I like Matt Ryan a little bit more in this league than Josh Allen. Yeah, that, that was a problem. I, that was the only thing I saw halting Josh Allen is the completion percentage. Uh, he, does, he, he does not throw a lot of passes, uh, but he does complete a lot of passes. So his completion percentage is good. It's the amount of completions that are there is, is a little lackluster. And then moving on to the eighth round, Tyler picks up another Cincinnati Bengal, Tyler Boyd, wide receiver. Uh, I mean, this is a good pick. I think at eight, good value. It's a question mark with Joe Burrow behind center. We don't really know what's going to happen. But I think eighth round, flyer, put him on your bench and see what happens. Yeah, so the, the two highest-ranked wide receivers at the time, too, were Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. And I was I, – I like Tyler Boyd more the, the – you know, they were saying that, that Joe Burrow's gotten a lot, of, lot more work with Tyler Boyd than he has A.J. Green. Uh, the foot injury, as we talked about, uh, I believe, last week, 
is something that is always going to nag nag players. And I just feel like AJ Green is just going to bother him throughout all this year. And then right afterwards, I was looking quarterback in this round. I was kind of debating because, as I said, very quarterback heavy. Matthew Stafford, I go with him in the eighth round. I was actually bouncing between him and Jared Goff. Talk about where he goes in a little bit, but yeah. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, I, I like what he's doing out there. I mean, obviously he got hurt at the end of last season. So a little bit of a question mark there. He's starting week one against the Bears. So I'm going to have a question for you later on in the draft. But I think Matthew Stafford is a good uh, a pickup. I mean, obviously I would have much rather had some of those higher up guys, but those guys did get taken. I mean, I, I was maybe looking at grabbing Matt Ryan in that seventh round, but I just felt as though there's too many good quarterbacks with Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. That felt as though I could have taken a little bit later. Yeah, honestly, if you would have taken Matt Ryan, I would have had Matt Stafford, Stafford right behind you because I, I, I'm a big fan of Matt Stafford. Uh, he was on pace last year to be like fourth uh, uh, QB4 in, in fantasy points. Uh, that was, of course, before he got injured. So I think he's just he just picks up right where he left off. And then Travis picks up Philip Lindsay, obviously with him and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Question mark, who's going to get more carries? Is it going to be one more running back, one more pass catcher? But I think that's another you know, good one. Just kind of sit back and look. You could have taken Melvin Gordon. You did not kind of for the same reason. But Travis goes and picks up Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I like Philip Lindsay's talent. I think, he, I think he's going to be more of the first and second down back. Uh, for Denver, where they're going to use Melvin Gordon as kind of the third down goal line type guy. But I, I can still see Philip Lindsay getting, you know, getting 50 to 70 yards a game. And then every once in a while, you know, Melvin Gordon has had uh, health issues in the past. So that, that could end up uh, working out really well for him. Now in the ninth round, both of you guys go tight ends. Travis picks up Hunter Henry from the Chargers while you go and grab up Hayden Hurst from Atlanta were you looking at Hunter Henry and after Travis picked him was it a go-to that you were you looking for tight ends in this round and did Travis steal your pick I was looking yeah I mean I was looking tight end in this round and I was kind of in a toss-up between Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst if Hunter Henry was there I I still don't know if I would I think I still might have went Hayden Hurst just because, like, like I said with Matt Ryan, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot, and he's going to be throwing a lot of touchdowns. And I just feel like in that goal, in, in the uh, red zone, I, th- I feel like he's going to want to target that, that big tight end. So I feel like Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst is definitely going to be more of a touchdown-dependent tight end, whereas Hunter Henry was going to get more uh, volume. But I want the big points out of my tight – I'm either going to go bang or bust with my tight end here, uh, especially with the – little amounts of good tight end play there is out there. Yeah. I mean, in the ninth round, you're not going to get obviously those top end guys. That's why when I saw Kelsey there in the second round, I was like, you know what? Set it, forget it. I'm just going to pick him up. And so when you get to these guys, it's definitely, you know, set it, cross your fingers and hope they get a touchdown because that's really what you're depending on. I agree with you, Hunter Henry. I think he's much more consistent. He'll put up, you know, he has a higher floor, but Hayden Hurst in that Atlanta offense has a chance to pop off. So in between, and, well, and the the quarterbacks too. I mean, you're looking you're looking at Atlanta. Matt Ryan, he's gonna be there. You know, he's gonna be your guy. The Chargers are kind of like they got Tyrod Taylor right now, and Tyrod Taylor is a somewhat talented guy. Uh, I'm not gonna knock him. Uh, he did work with Anthony Lynn before in Buffalo, I believe. Um, but the, the back and forth between him and Justin Herbert, I think is going to hurt a guy like Hunter Henry. 
And then in between my Gunderson sandwich, I picked Ronald Jones the second from Tampa Bay. We already kind of talked about him. I mean, he's my RB3. I think he's a good guy to, especially if uh, Johnson doesn't really do anything. I think he's a guy that could plug in and, you know, kind of wait and see what happens over there. But uh, I'm not afraid to just dump him because, I, I mean, I really don't know what's going to go on with that Tampa Bay offense. But I think if it does succeed, I think Ronald Jones will be that guy to lead the pack for the Bucks. Yeah, that's, def- that's definitely a guy I'm putting on my bench, and I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm saying. Because, that I mean, he's got the potential to be a very, very talented running back in this league and be a very productive running back in this league. And I'm just, you know. It's just such a big question mark with all the weapons over there in Tampa Bay. Then the 10th round, Tyler scoops up J.K. Dobbins from Baltimore. Uh, what are you thinking here? Obviously, you got Mark Ingram over there. Very run-heavy offense. Are you hoping to maybe start him as a flex and wish that he can scoop some points, or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens in that offense? So I'm, I'm waiting and seeing what's happening in that offense. I, I read a report uh, a couple weeks ago, John Harbaugh came out and he said that J.K. Dobbins is is going to play an intricate part of that of the offense. Um, I understand Mark Ingram's there, and, and but like they they are a very run heavy offense, so I could see him getting ten to fifteen touches, and you know who knows, maybe he impresses him out there and he ends up taking more of the workload away from Mark Ingram, which I would love to see. This is just kind of a guy, a rookie, where I'm just like. He's got talent, and if he works out, he works out. If not, he's, he's kind of like a safety net in case some, something really bad happens to my team. And then I go Jamison Crowder, wide receiver from the New York Jets. He's injured right now, question marks if he's going to play week one, but I'm not going to start on week one, so I'm not really worried about what's going on right now. It's one of, you know, it's an, another one of those guys where I'm just going to kind of wait and see what happens in that New York Jets offense. I know I said I don't like it, but – they're kind of a bad team. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think Crowder is one of those guys that can uh, score some points in bunches because the Jets are so bad. Yeah, me and you uh, were big-time Jets haters last week when we were talking about rankings and all that. And then we both end up with uh, – we. I have the Jets starting running back. You have the Jets wide receiver one. So that's fun. That's fun. I love when that happens. Yeah, well, you know, I picked him up in the 10th round, so I, I ain't tripping too much. But then <laughs> – yeah. Travis goes and scoops up Cam Newton uh, very you know, quickly after he scoops up Josh Allen. I think they're very similar quarterbacks. They're going to run the ball a lot. I think Cam Newton might have a little bit higher upside because he's in that Patriots offense. He can dink and dunk a little bit more and uh, score those you know, one-point completions. So I think Travis is in a – I think he's in a good situation with his quarterbacks, yeah. but I don't think they're going to have, you know, that very, very high ceiling that some of these other quarterbacks can get. I, I know, I know Cam Newton can definitely break off some big games and, and so can Josh Allen. So I think he's looking at the same kind of thing that you were saying you were looking at when we talked about our, our draft last night, just between, you know, we we're playing uh, with a squad. Um, and so I think he's going to kind of like platoon back and forth between those guys and, and try, try and hit that groove to where he's hitting them both on, on their good weeks. Then we get round 11. Travis, he said this on the podcast, I believe yeah. last week, Brandon Ayuk <laughs> will be a better receiver than George Kittle. So he's putting his money where his mouth is. He drafts Brandon Ayuk 11th round. And if he says what he's, if it happens, what he says is going to happen. An unbelievable value right here for Travis picking up Brandon Ayuk in the eleventh round. Yeah, I mean, what uh, I was surprised because we have quite a few, quite a few Niner fans in here, and quite a few like very knowledge football knowledgeable guys in our league. 
I was surprised Brandon Ayuk fell to fell to Travis in the eleventh round. I thought he was going to be like a ninth or tenth round grab. Uh, but yeah, that could be that that can make or break his season right there. Then I get my Dalvin Cook handcuff, Alexander Madison. Maybe a little early, but I just wanted to secure that spot. I think at this point I had enough talent to you know have a good you know starting rotation have a few flex options and I was like you know I'm just gonna pick up Madison here don't want to worry about it and just kind of if something happens to Cook I'm right there don't gotta worry about the wave of wire well that was very smart because round 12 I was actually looking to handcuff you I was gonna I was gonna fucking do it well good thing you didn't cuck me but you did cuck you you did pick Deshaun Jackson I said I'm high on him you know he was very good early on last year but just unfortunately had those injuries so I think he's a guy that could pay off in the long term so I'm only I'm the only reason I drafted him is week one they're playing Washington which they did last year as well and last year he put up 150 yards and two touchdowns against Washington in that week one matchup and also they have Jalen Rager out Alshon Jeffrey is questionable for for week one. So he's going to be their number one guy over there. And and I just feel like uh, he's going to be more of a probably flex him week one. And then after that, kind of sit on him, uh, use him as, as possible trade bait if anybody's looking for a lower end wide receiver two or flex because he could pan out to be that type of guy. I, I like this pick from you. So you're going you're gonna to start him week one? Uh, I believe right now I do have him on my lineup. All right. Then in the 12th round, you get Damian Harris running back from New England. You know, kind of a toss-up. That New England backfield is a little crowded with Sonny Michelle, James White, and Damian Harris. But, you know, it could pay out in the long term as well. Who knows? Yeah, so from the news I was hearing, uh, Damian Harris was impressing a lot of people uh, at, at training camp. He was on track to be the number one running back for New England this year. Uh, sadly, I think it was last week, he ends up having to get surgery on his pinky. Uh, so he gets put on IR for, for this year. Uh, but it's only a three-week period because of, co- because of uh, everything going on with COVID. So the IR is only three weeks, and they're saying he's going to be back then. And we have an IR spot for, for our league. So I was like, I'm going to grab him, put him in my IR spot. And after the draft's over, I'm going to pick somebody who I could have, you know, pick somebody up off the waivers. And then, as I said, I was bounced between Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. And I was very shocked that I was able to get Stafford in the, what is this, the eighth round. And Jared Goff was still there in the 12th round. So I I scooped him up. And I think at this point, I'm going to platoon them, maybe play the matchups. And I'm looking at maybe starting Jared Goff week one because he is going up against the Dallas Cowboys while Stafford is going up against the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's tough. I like Cowboys defense, and I think the Bears defense is going to get worn out quick. I don't know. I also have Robert Wood, so maybe I'm also hoping that we get a, a couple uh, touchdowns that way as well. So then in the 13th round, we have Travis picking up Randall Cobb over in Houston. I think uh, you know the Houston offense is going to stack up some points, hopefully – they have a lot of running back success as well. But uh, you get the – was it Will Fuller? You get Randall Cobb. You get Brandon Cooks. So that is a kind of stacked lineup, but I think they're going to spread the love, and I think Randall Cobb, a solid flex option for Travis here. I think, I think he's uh, – if I were to step inside the mind of Travis, I think he's looking at Will Fuller uh, being so injury-prone 
And I don't think Will Fuller has played a full season in the last like three years. And once he goes out, Randall Cobb is just going to step right into that wide receiver two role. And I, I think that, I mean, that could be a very good value if, if that does happen. Yeah. As someone who traded for Will Fuller last year, I know how much the injury <laughs> bug can catch up to him. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this season. Uh, so then I pick up the Patriots defense in the 13th round, maybe a little higher, but I think at this point I was kind of very content with what my lineup was kind of looking like. So I was looking at the defense kicker spots. And the Patriots, an all-time defense last year, kind of fell off at the end of the season because they're playing good teams. But they start the week, week one, playing against those Miami Dolphins. So possibly they could uh, win me the week because they're playing those atrocious Dolphins. Hey, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. Don't forget, he got named the starter for week one. So that I would be a little worried about that. Uh, only, only thing I see bad with the Patriots, and I know you, you're probably not going to, to keep playing the Patriots defense. Uh, you're probably going to try and stream throughout. Um, Cause they are, they're, they had so many key pieces of that defense opt out. And I feel like that's just going to tear their defense apart. I feel like it's going to, it's going to be the demise to what they were last year. Yeah. At this point in the draft, all the, you know, top end defenses were already kind of taken. So I was like, you know, I mean, I'll take the Patriots. It is kind of more on name value than anything, but just kind of looking at the other defenses drafted after you got the saints, the chiefs, the Bears, yeah. I mean, none of those teams. I mean, the Vikings in the 15th, maybe I could have gone that route. But I just think at this point, I'm not really in love with any of the other defenses. So might as well just take the Patriots and wish for the best. So you, which I didn't even realize you did this, you picked up Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling about this? Everyone was on the Baker train last year. This year, not so much. Uh, everybody's hating on Baker Mayfield. I, I feel like if there's ever going to be a year, and I swear to God, if we do this, if we do this, uh, fantasy show you know for years to come i swear to god i'll say this every year but if there's ever going to be a year for baker to break out it's going to be this year and i you know behind matt ryan you know hoping and praying he doesn't get injured um but if baker starts breaking out and and he starts putting up better better numbers i'm not afraid to throw baker in the lineup Uh, you know if if he's if i see a matchup that maybe i know baker will be able to exploit I wouldn't be afraid of it. Then in round 14, you go Anthony Miller, wide receiver from the Bears. I kind of shitted on the Bears offense, kind of staying away from them, but you're picking up Miller. Uh, you know, they're number two, number three wide receiver. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I, I was also shitting on the Bears, and then I went and grabbed their wide receiver too. But, I mean, I just it, – it's a, it's a safety pick. Anthony Miller has a lot of talent, but he's just kind of injury. He's a little injury prone. And, you know, if he, if he does stay healthy and they do get rid of Mitch Trubisky and they start running Nick Foles out there, I think Anthony Miller has a good chance to be a decent flex option. And then after I pick the defense, I go with another sexy pick with the kicker. I pick oh, yeah. Detroit kicker. Uh, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. I think Detroit's going to put up a lot of points. I think he's going to be able to uh, score some points for me. And as we said in this league, the big kicks – can really net you some value. Then Travis goes and picks up Chase Edmonds. Uh, a good value here in the 14th round. I think you're definitely wishing on an injury or something to happen to Kenyon Drake because I think that's really the only way Chase Edmonds is really valuable. But I think in the 14th, kind of hold on to him, maybe throw him away in the waiver wire later on down the line. But I think Chase Edmonds is a 
good solid pickup here. Yeah, I like I like Matt Prater. He's a, a, a he's definitely put up numbers for me in the past. Uh, he's got a fucking hell of a leg, so I, I don't mind that pick. And then Chase Edmonds. I mean, not only are you banking on an injury, but who knows? We might get a Miami Dolphins situation with Kenyon Drake, where he's just not performing well. And and I know Arizona would not be afraid to pull out Kenyon Drake and throw Chase Edmonds in and start giving him more. Uh, um, touches like they kind of did with David Johnson last year. Then in the penultimate round of the draft, uh, Travis picks up his defense. He goes with the Broncos once again. Not super in love with that that Broncos defense, but I mean at this point, I think as we all said, I think we're just going to look and stream defenses, and the Broncos probably look the best to him at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I I like it just because Denver, you know, with with everything going on with COVID. Uh, team or people not being able to go out and and experience different atmospheres. I feel like Denver is going to have a very oh, big. Or, we, all or play in the, we all play in the same atmosphere. Uh, you know what I'm trying. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. The different elevation. I feel like Denver is going to have a very um, big advantage in that situation to where they practice out there. They they kind of know the elevation. There you go. So then I go Justin Jackson running back from the Chargers, very similar to Travis's pick with Chase Edmonds back up to Austin Eckler. So kind of handcuffing him there. I mean, you know, 15th round, get the backup to Austin Eckler. And if he goes down or something happens, I think Justin Jackson can, can plug right in, maybe not be as valuable as Austin Eckler, but I think he definitely is worth a starting spot. And from what I'm hearing is they're not, they're not taking Melvin Gordon's touches and giving them to Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is apparently only getting the same amount of touches that he got the last couple of years. So I think they're taking those Melvin Gordon touches and dispersing them between uh, Justin Jackson and the third string guy. I'm blanking on his name. I can't remember. I heard it earlier. Um, so that, that not only is that a good handcuff for injury, but I think Justin Jackson's going to end up getting a lot of touches this year. And then you talked him up. Greg the leg, Greg Zerline kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. Tyler picks him up for the league. I mean, the same reason why you pick Matt Prater, Dallas is going to score a lot of points, going to be a lot of opportunity for them, for Greg the leg to do his thing. Then the last round, uh, Tyler finally picks up his defense. The Seahawks has a legacy of being a great defense. Maybe not so much now, but hey, you, you never know. Uh, it was between Dallas and Seattle. And then I asked my girlfriend, I said, who should I pick up, Dallas or Seattle? And she said Seattle. So Seattle Seahawks, there we go. There you go. And then I pick up my backup tight end. Probably not going to start for me all too much except for the bye week, but Dallas Goddard. I really like this pick. I think he's very valuable just on his own. Yeah, he might not put up as many points as Kelsey or even Zach Ertz, but I think uh, you know he's a really good tight end on his own. But uh, – I mean, also, we can start flex. Uh, we can start tight ends at the flex. So maybe if something happens, I can start two tight ends. And I think I'm really liking what Dallas Goddard offers me as a backup tight end, picking him in the very last round. Dallas Goddard, uh, I think it was like the last four or five weeks of the season, ended up being a top 10 wide receiver. Or top 10 tight end, sorry, not wide receiver. Oh, I got a phone call there, and then everything kind of like spooked me. Okay, then see the end. You're telling me exactly why I picked him up because Dallas Goddard, valuable on his own. But if anything were to happen to Zach Ertz, he's even that much more valuable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then finally, Travis going with the uh, the 
Cleveland kicker, Austin Siebert. Yes. Hell of a pick right there. Hell of a pick. I'm pretty sure, like, the last two rounds he just went to auto-draft. You know, that's all right. So then uh, we go to the post-draft rankings. I think I'm, like, number one, and I was think I was number one last year, and with that really saw how that pan, yeah. panned out. I think Tyler is number four, and Travis is uh, the second second worst player. But that's no, okay. No, no, Travis is dead last. Travis is dead last. You know, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Exactly. You know, uh, you were, like we told you week one when you when everybody first started listening to this podcast, you got to play your waiver wires. That, you know, that's that's my way to winning a uh, winning a, a fantasy football league is playing the waiver wire. All right. So before we go to week one and really preview that, we do have a question from the Instagram. Big Daddy talked a little bit about this, but who do you think will be the breakout just overall player? this year just how lamar jackson was last year and patrick mahomes was the year before so for for me to be a breakout it's got to be somebody who didn't perform like uh, it's in the title you got to break out so i'm not going to go with like a christian mccaffrey or you know a, a, a lamar jackson guys who we've seen it before i like jonathan taylor i've grabbed him in two leagues He's got the talent, and I think that if he gets the, the amount of touches that if he becomes that solid RB1, they don't platoon him with Marlon Mack, that he will be a guy who can win you your league. And so I'll go with the running backs as well. I know I picked up David Johnson. I don't know. It might not be a breakout because he was a fantasy legend in the past yes. couple of years, but I think he has a chance to make a comeback. But if we're going to go breakout, I will go CEH. I was looking to pick him up in that first round Travis picked him up I think Clyde Edwards Elair on that Kansas City Chiefs offense yes he's a rookie no preseason who knows exactly how that's going to pan out but I think CEH is going to be a fantastic player this year and obviously I said it Kyler Murray he's going to be another one as well yeah I like I like Antonio Gibson out of Washington as well I'm you know me I I've I've preached it before I'm a big running back guy Antonio Gibson uh has the talent and I believe he'll get the workload in Washington in order to be uh, a fantasy winner for you. All right. So then we're going to move on to the week one preview. I don't even know what the hell we're going to do here. Like, I mean, Thursday night's coming up opening night. I can't even believe it's here. Yeah, it's, it's just a wild situation going on where I'm like, football starts in two days. Like we're getting football on TV in two days. Well, the NHL and NBA have their playoffs and the baseball season's coming to a close. So, on Thursday, we have Houston taking on Kansas City. I mean, what are you, what are you looking at just kind of overall? Don't got to make a prediction because I assume you'll do that on your own podcast. But how do you think maybe the offenses will do? Two high-powered offenses, but with no preseason, could be a little slow out of the gate. I think, I think Kansas City is going to come out, and they're just going to fucking punch Houston right in the mouth. It's going to be ugly for sure. Because uh, I just think I think if anybody's going to be slow out of the gate, it'll be Houston. Um, they're going to, like you said, the, the more you talk about it, the more I want to believe that Bill O'Brien's going to go out there and probably give David Johnson the ball seventy-five times just to prove his point. Like, hey, hey, it was worth it trading Nuke for this guy. And uh, I got a lot of guys on this game for our league, so I'm definitely going to have to pay attention to this. And then. Uh, we got Sunday, whole slew of games. I mean, 
the Sunday night game, Dallas and LA, I kind of talked about it. I, I'm thinking about starting Jared Goff against that Dallas defense. You say you're high on him. So are you kind of staying away from that, uh, that Los Angeles offense right now? Uh, it's not It's not really the Los Angeles offense that I'm worried about. It's how good Dallas's defense has shown to be two years ago. Last year, not as strong, but I think they can figure it out this year. Um, but I just like – I like um, Stafford going up against Chicago because, like I was saying, Chicago being uh, – their defense is going to be on the field a lot. They're going to get worn down, and I think in the later half, Matt Stafford is just going to fucking pick them apart. It is so, indeed. It is in Detroit, so it'll be played indoors. Don't got to worry about the weather out there in Chicago. Don't so have to worry about the weather. And another reason why I got a hard decision week one. So uh, I said Kyler Murray, possible breakout, has a tough go around against the San Francisco 49ers, the defending NFC champions. But Kyler Murray did light up the Niners the two times he played last season. Will he continue his hot streak against those Niners? Uh, so this is in San Francisco, and if I can remember correctly, I believe the the big game that um, – what's the running back's name? I'm blanking on it. Kenyon Drake. The big game Kenyon Drake had was against the 49ers when him and Chase Edmonds just really went off. Um, so I could, see, I could see Kyler Murray going in there and, and doing some damage. Of course, weather depending, it's been, you know, the Bay Area weather lately has been a little wonky. Um, so who knows? It might play into Arizona's favor if it is another super hot weekend. Arizona's, uh, the Cardinals are used to something like that. Then we get Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making their debut in the Superdome, another indoor game against those New Orleans Saints. Tyler, what are you looking from that Tampa Bay offense? Just obviously new look. You just never know, but it is indoors on that on the turf. So a good start for the old man, Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of Tom Brady we're going to get fantasy-wise. Are we going to get Tom Brady when he had Randy Moss and he's going to be fucking just putting up fantasy numbers galore? Or are we going to get Tom Brady of last year where it's kind of like fell off the face of the earth, dumps to the running backs a lot, doesn't really throw the ball downfield? And that's what kind of scares me with – Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, uh, with starting them. I mean, obviously these are guys you're going to start. You draft them very high, you're going to start them. But I just, I'm afraid that they're not going to have the same numbers as they did last year. And who knows, this might cement the fact of Jameis Winston actually being a good quarterback, which I would fucking love. There you go. So then we get the Los Angeles Chargers going over to Cincy to take on those Bengals. Joe Burrow, rookie quarterback. Don't know what he's going to be looking like. Tyrod Taylor, new quarterback over there in the Chargers. So maybe one of those games that the public might not be looking forward to, except for maybe Joe Burrow, but definitely a fantasy football uh, game to look at because he got a lot of high-name guys there. You know, game might not be sexy, but there's going to be some marquee guys there playing for you. Oh, if there was ever an ugly game to draw up, this is it. The Chargers who, you know, with Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback and the Bengals just being the Bengals. But, of course, I got to pay attention to it because I got to make sure Joe Mixon, you know, gets his workload. So, hopefully hopefully Cincinnati learns, you know. You feed, you feed Joe Mixon. I was looking at it, I think, this morning. Uh, Joe Mixon was was averaging 100 yards per game if he was getting over 25 carries. 
So give him the ball 25 fucking times and he'll get you 100 yards. There you go. Then we get the Cleveland Browns going over to Baltimore. I mean, Cleveland hopefully trying to turn over a new leaf after last season. Tough matchup week one. Uh, I think they will be better. I think Baltimore might fall off a little bit, but I think Baltimore will uh, still have an easy time with Cleveland. So maybe Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt might have a little bit of a difficulty with that Baltimore defense, but uh, maybe look at the passing game over there because they're going to be behind. Uh, I could see the headlines already of OBJ shits the bed in week one because I think the Ravens defense is going gonna, is gonna to shut them down and then, you know, Baltimore – I don't think they're going to like come out and put 52 points up like they have, like they did last year against a lot of teams, but they're, they're going to get up big and then they're going to, you know, they're going to run out the clock and it's, you know, Baltimore is just going to, going to beat them down. Another not sexy matchup. We got the Colts taking on Jacksonville, Jacksonville, obviously in the news with Leonard Fournette gone and everyone from that AFC championship game pretty much has skedaddled. So I think the Indianapolis Colts could take advantage of uh, that terrible defense. I think the running game will be something to keep an eye on, but also Phillip Rivers making his debut there. Just another guy to keep an eye out and see what he can do with his new team. See, this is where, this is where I'm scared. Cause it's like, do I want to start? I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the situation where do I start Le'Veon Bell this week? Unsure of what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. Or do I start Jonathan Taylor? Cause I think the Colts are going to get up big against the Jaguars and they're going to just pound the ball. It's, it's, you know, it's a tough situation. And that's why we love fantasy football. That's so why we love it. We got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. I mean, obviously, we're homers out here with the Raiders. But uh, Carolina, I think they're, they're a good team. I think they're on their way up. Obviously, they didn't have a, too good of a season last year. Raiders didn't have too good of a season this year. So definitely two teams trying to make a bounce back. Yeah, Carolina, you know, you, you got run CMC, DJ Moore, who I have on my team. They they have – and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, they have a little – it's going to be a little interesting. The Raiders, who are missing a lot of key guys. I mean, Josh Jacobs is going to be there, but that's that's pretty much it for, for their key guys there. I think Carolina being at home, they're just going to stomp them out. So the – I think – Waller, Darren Waller is the other valuable guy on that team. Yeah. With Tyrell Williams out, how valuable do you think he is now? Does it just go up, or do you think that's going to be spread around more with the wide receivers? I, I mean, Darren Waller is going to have a lot of value. You know, he's going to have a lot of value as much as you can coming from a Raider player just because the way Derek Carr operates that offense, um, you know, dink and dunks to running backs and tight ends all the time. So you're going to get a lot of uh, volume out of him. Uh, I, I would love to see Derek Carr come out there and shit the bed and they have to put in Nathan Peterman. That would be amazing because Ty or cause not Tyrod Taylor. Um, God, who's their new back? Marcus Mariota has been put on IR. So watch out for the Peterman. So watch out for the Peterman. I have to pick him up off the waiver wire. Then we get the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington football team. I think Washington, uh, I mean, they might keep it close. They might keep it interesting, but I do think Philadelphia will uh, handle the, handle their business. But as I kind of said with Terry McLaurin, the Washington football team will play from behind and they could scoop up some garbage time. I'm definitely looking at garbage time points with a lot with some Jaguars and some Washington teams. The Washington, yeah. What do you call them? You call them the Washingtons, the football team? 
<laughs> you, have say, you have to say the Washington football team every single time. I think you just got to go the full name the entire time. Uh, but I think this is – if there's going to be an upset this week, I think this will be the biggest upset. I think Washington's going to end up beating Philadelphia, and everybody's going to realize just how bad the Eagles are going to be this year. Then talked a little bit about it. The Miami Dolphins led by Ryan Fitzpatrick travels to Foxborough to take on those New England Patriots with Cam Newton leading the way. I mean, I feel as though New England will, it's still New England against Miami. Yeah. Miami has pulled off some upsets, but Hey man, one, one a year. You never know. You just never know. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be tough. I mean, we're going to, we're going to be watching just to see how Fitzpatrick actually does, you know, if he struggles early, are they going to put in Tua in the second half? Uh, how Devontae Parker is gonna gonna pan out after having the big year last year, and then on the other side, are we gonna see uh, Cam Newton putting together uh, the season that Cam seasons that Cam Newton has put together before uh, in his MVP seasons? Are we gonna see that Cam Newton? Or are we gonna see uh, shitty Cam Newton of late, injured Cam Newton of late? So with week one, obviously there's no preseasons. You can't really go off of anything. Are you kind of going more off of what you've seen before? Or are you going off of kind of hoping that they'll be better? Uh, for for the Patriots or for the Dolphins? Just, just kind of overall week one. You're trying to set your lineup uh, and you really have no idea what's going to be going on because this is a completely different year. You just you just Yeah, kinda... this this is this is so tough, like you said, with no preseason. Uh, so a lot of it is what have you done for me lately? What did what did you do for me last year? What you know, what were you putting up the numbers last year? And then at this, you know, there's a good healthy balance of, you know, I think you could do this amount or, you know, trying to predict the, the, the mindset of a head coach is a very tough thing to do. And, but it plays a, a key part of trying to win in fantasy. And then how, how, what's the leash like? Do you give them two, three weeks to kind of prove themselves or is it kind of very volatile and like, you know, if, if you can't get it done week one, then I'm already looking to shop you. It depends on the player. Like, like I got a guy, I got, as I've talked about Jonathan Taylor, who I spent a high draft capital on. I I picked him up in the third round. So I'm going to give him a few weeks to try and figure it out. Whereas there might be some other guys like, um, who am I looking at here? Let's see. Like a Hayden Hurst week one, if he's not really doing what, what I thought was going to happen. I might look to shop him or even like a DJ Moore. You know, if he if he's if it's if it's if the signs are indicating he's not gonna be that number one guy, that's a type of player who I might shop around. All right, getting back to the games we got the Green Bay Packers taking on those Minnesota Vikings, a marquee rivalry here. I mean, we kind of talked about Aaron Rodgers not going to be too valuable, at least compared to last season, because they ran the ball so successfully. Going up against that tough Minnesota Vikings defense, you know, Dalvin Cook, they don't got Stephon Diggs anymore, so maybe look at Adam Thielen being a little more valuable. Uh, I mean, overall, I think Minnesota will be a little more successful kind of overall, but then you also got to look at Green Bay. and I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. People are kind of saying he's not going to be that good this year, so maybe Aaron's going to try to prove a point and say that he can throw the ball over the place like he used to. See, I, I like the Vikings defense here, and I like them being able to uh, shut down most of Green Bay's running game. And I could see Aaron Rodgers, like you said, trying to throw the ball a lot, but he just does. I mean, Devontae Adams is still there. Uh, but other than that, he doesn't have very much going over there. And I, I, I could see 
that not panning out for them. But I just I just worry about the Vikings offense. They just lost their offensive coordinator, uh, St- Kevin Stefanski. To he is now the head coach over in Cleveland. So who knows how this uh, offense is actually going to how you know how it's actually going to run this year. And like you said, with the loss of Stephon Diggs, are they going to be a very you know given given um, Dalvin Cook forty touches a game, or they're going to try to air the ball out with Kirk Cousins? We shall see. Then we go to a New York matchup: the Jets taking on Buffalo. I mean. The Jets are the Jets. Not expecting too much, but we no. both have some Jets on our team, so we're wishing for the best there. I think Buffalo, you, you, speaking of D- Stefan Diggs, yeah. they got him on the team. I think it's uh, something to look out and see how his addition really can affect that team. I see, you know, Buffalo is a team where I see them winning the AFC East. So in order to win the AFC East, you got to beat your division opponents. And so I could see them trying to come out and make a statement and just run the score up on these guys. So if you got Buffalo Bills players, I could see them trying to come out and just smash them. Then we get the NFC, I want to say Central, the, the North. We get the Bears <laughs> taking on the, uh, not the Tigers, the Lions. Still in, base, still in baseball mode. Yeah, you know, I know. Always be in baseball mode. Yeah. But we've already kind of talked about this, Tyler thinking that the Bears won't be very good defensively offensively who knows they've they got Mitchell Trubisky it's it's a it's a coin flip I guess with what's going to go down yeah I mean it's going to be I know Trubisky is their starting quarterback whether he's the starting quarterback for the entire game or whether he's going to be the quarterback the entire game is the question um that defense is going to get worn out and I think they have the offensive the offensive the offense to be able to stretch out that defense as well. You know, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones is a great route runner. Kenny Galladay, who's a great deep threat. TJ Hawkins is that, is that bulky tight end who can be very, who can show big flashes and who knows, maybe that running back, you know, maybe that running back room where they got 15 of those guys over there, you know, they could do some damage, throw some different looks at them. All right, then the final Sunday game, we get maybe one of the more marquee games on the slate, the Seattle Seahawks taking on those, those Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. I mean, there's a lot of marquee guys out there. I think Todd Gurley is kind of the big question mark to see how he fits into that new Atlanta offense. I think they're going to be passing the ball. They'll be fine. I think running the ball with Todd Gurley is definitely a thing to look out for in this game. Yeah, that's going to be the big question mark, how, the, how they're going to be able to run – uh, Todd Gurley and how like how many touches he's going to get where that where he's going to get those touches is he going to be a goal line guy or what uh, but this is going to be a, a all-out shootout it's going to be wild they're they're going to score a thousand points in this game then uh, Monday Night Football not the most sexiest of Monday Night Football games the early game is <laughs> yeah, wild Pittsburgh Steelers going to New York to take on the New York football giants I was big on Danny Dimes Daniel Jones Hopefully everyone stays healthy on that offense to have a good core around him to where he could succeed. So I think Daniel Jones can be another one of those breakout type of guys, but I mean, not, not, you know, the best game overall. I mean, obviously, you know, you got guys like Juju and Ben Roethlisberger over there in Pittsburgh that you're going to start James Connor, another question mark to see what kind of uh, stuff he can do over there. But I mean, I think a lot of these guys might not be your, your starters or your stars, except for obviously Saquon, but 
maybe just kind of a tryout to see what they do. So I don't know who does the scheduling for the NFL, but why they chose this slate for the Monday night for the first Monday of the season is wild because both these games are shitty. But with the Steelers and the Giants, I was hearing that both Golden Tate and um, – God, I'm fucking blanking on the other guy. Um, not Sterling, Sterling Shepard? Sh- no, no, no. Not Sterling Shepard. Who's the, who's the third guy? He was the rookie last year that everybody was talking about. When I get to make me look it up. I know. This is, this is pissing me off. I hate when I do this. All right, let's see. Who gets it first, Tyler or Google? Or let's Tyler or just go on Google. I'm not going on Google. I'm going through the fantasy uh, fantasy app. Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. I was almost there. Was almost there. Um, Darius Slayton and Golden Tate are two guys that are questionable going into the game, so they might not even play. So if you have Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram, those guys are going to be the big you know, targets for, um, for Danny Dimes. And I can see the Steelers getting up uh, up and score early to where they're not gonna, where the Giants aren't gonna be able to just pound the ball with Saquon. So the, look, look to start those guys if you have a flex spot and you're kind of questionable about starting a Sterling Shepard. He's gonna be the number one guy over there in New York this week. And then finally, don't know why this is the final game of Week One, but it is the Tennessee Titans going up against Denver. Uh, the Broncos. We're pretty good at the end of the season. Obviously, Tennessee made a deep playoff run. So I think this could be a sneaky good game, but obviously not the sexiest game on paper. So as we kind of talk about some question marks over there in Denver to see what the running back situation with Melvin Gordon uh, is like. I mean, kind of the entire offense is a question mark, but I think Tennessee kind of know what you're going to be getting with Derrick Henry and guys of that ilk. Hey, man, Denver, Denver playing at home playing in that Denver atmosphere, man. It's going to be wild. Exactly. I mean, you're, when you're in that Denver atmosphere, it's oh my like God. you're in a different world. You're in a completely different world. But, yeah, no, I mean, Derrick Henry is going to have to, is going to, have to adapt to that. You know, he's, he's such a workhorse to where it's going to – it's, you know, playing – not only are you – not only are you playing in Denver in that altitude, you have the – you're also an East Coast team playing at 7 p.m. So this is this is going to, you know, it's going to throw off their internal clock. I, I think it's going to be tough for Tennessee to keep players well enough to stay on the field. Like, you're going to see a lot of different looks from Tennessee in this game. Yeah, I think overall week one with no preseason, not a lot of work with these yeah. guys. You're going you're gonna to want to stay up to date on the injury lists and, you know, stay tuned on the waiver wire because I think there might be some marquee guys that go down. Maybe not with serious injuries, but a lot, I think a lot of people are going to be nicked up after week one. Yeah, week one's going to be is going to be very, very weird for fantasy football. I, I could see it already. All right, and that's all the slate of games. Tyler, football's approaching. I know we're deep into baseball right now, but are you excited? That's oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, this is my favorite time of year when I just wake up on a Sunday morning and I just know I'm going to be screaming at a television for seven hours straight about why said head coach isn't throwing the ball or giving the ball to my guy on my team. There's nothing better. I just fucking love it. Yep. From now on until uh, early January, every Sunday, I pretty much do nothing. I got the Sunday tickets to so just plop down on the couch. You know, sometimes maybe watch football all day, maybe sprinkle in a wrestling pay-per-view every now and then. But uh, from here until end of December, not doing anything. 
on Sunday. Yeah, I'm waiting for – I'm going to be looking for an invite on Sundays to come watch that Sunday ticket because you were saying it's better than what I got, which is the NFL red zone. You like you like your Sunday ticket a lot more, so I'm going to have to get the comparisons going. I, mean, I get I get the red zone, but I can watch every single game. So if I, I can – if the Kansas City Chiefs are on, I can just look and – because I like to bounce back and forth when my offense is on the field. I want to just watch my offense, not want to you know, be at the mercy of some other person, which is why mine's better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shout out sure. to the student discount, even though I'm not a student anymore. For some reason hey. they they already gave me the discount, so I'll take it. Hey, you take it when you can get it. All right. So Taylor, anything else as we head into week one? Uh man. I mean, don't if you get off to if you know if you get your ass kicked this week in fantasy football, don't worry. We'll get we'll 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 tell you next week how to get right, how to bounce back. It's a long season. You know, most fantasy leagues are 12 to 13 weeks. So you lose week one, so be it. You got week two. You're going to come back even better after we tell you who to get off the waivers next week. You'll be fine. Even if you lose, you get your brakes blown off. You'll be okay. And even if Christian McCaffrey, you know, Dalvin Cook, Amari Cooper, you know, all your marquee guys that you're starting, unless your entire league or your entire team goes down, then you should be okay. Then you're fucked. Then you're kind of fucked. And then also, if you're, if you are just like our, uh, our our third co-host if you are like travis and after your draft your draft recap ends up saying you're the you know you're you're set to be dead last don't worry those things are you know sometimes they're right sometimes they're wrong you might end up being the being in a situation where they're wrong what does ibm watson even really know it's just a stupid computer ibm watson is only good for showing those stupid commercials where they do like the 360s of plays constantly All right, so that'll do it for us for today. Hopefully everybody has a successful draft, has a fun time week one. Uh, Until next time, Travis should be back next week to recap week one, tell you who to pick up off that waiver wire and everything like that. So for Tyler Gunnarsson, I'm Brandon Tanguma. This has been Points of Doinks. Check out Trapdoor to Hell tomorrow on Wednesday, Curveballs and Chair Shots Friday night. And uh, yeah, okay, uh, goodbye and good night and yeah, bang.